Hey, it is the Real Deal Podcast. I am Sean. I'm Joe. I'm Jesse. And we are talking The Goonies, the 1985 adventure comedy directed by Richard Donner, best known for his work as Superman, The Omen, and Lethal Weapon, and written by Chris Columbus, who also wrote Gremlins, Adventures in Babysitting, and Little Nemo, Adventures in Slumberland. I figure you might like that one, Joe. However, the idea of the story was originally funded and created by Steven Spielberg and Amblin Company. The film starred Samwise Gamgee, Sean Astin, Thanos, Josh Brolin, Donatello, Corey Feldman, Short Round from Advent, uh, Indiana Jones, John Jonathan Key Kwan, and Chunk, which was the only movie he was really known for was Chunk. The film cost $19 million and made $124 million back. That's over six times more than its original budget. The film is considered certified fresh on the tomato, member, tomato meter and 91% by audience. In 2017, the film was actually placed in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress. So, guys, what do you remember about The Goonies? Oh, man. Uh, I remember having a lot of inconsistent viewings of this movie as a kid because uh, I I feel like there was always uh, the extended version and the non-extended version. And I would always... Uh, look forward to that extended version of the movie because for some reason it would get aired on TV, but not as often as like the cut one. And uh, I, I always felt like my viewing experience was always different. Like it was, oh, this is the extended one. Oh man, this isn't the extended one. And uh, outside of that, like the, the characters, they're all super memorable. Short round. Don't be confused, by the way. Thanos is not in this movie. Or Samwise, just just child versions of these actors. <laughs> I just had very interesting that like you had such a grouping of people who are iconic for other roles who are also in this movie. Um, what about you, Joe? What do you about, remember about this film? So I loved this movie as a child growing up, just because it's a really cool buddy, like best friends adventure. It's always it's what I always like dreamed of. Like, oh man, if all my friends got together and went on a treasure hunt, right? Like uh, a mystery. And uh, like it's just like every kid's dream. But then it turns into this like heart-wrenching adventure where they kind of learn about themselves, learn about their friends, they reflect. And it's a growing movie. Like it, it, it's, it's like a good, this step between child, teenager, and adult, right? It's a very awkward time. And it expresses a lot of those feelings really well, especially with one of the children who has to move and leave all his friends. Uh, like even watching it a few years back, it still held all that charm. You're always enthralled. You're always entertained. And it just feels so real. The families feel real. The friendships feel real. It's not like it doesn't feel fake. Sean? I Tell me, tell me everything you like about What's this your movie. favorite memory of this movie? So I've never seen this film before. Uh, I don't really know why. I have like weird memories of that I thought was part of this film, but it was actually others. And it's like, I got to mishmash my head of It, Stand By Me, and The Lost Boys. And because like you have Corey Feldman in all, two of those three movies, you've got... Um, 
uh, what's his name? Kiefer Sutherland in a few of those movies as well. And they all kind of have very similar stories, a little bit of supernatural, a little bit of boyhood growing up, and a little bit of the journey, especially with Stand By Me. Um, but I just ended up never seeing this film. And it's to this point, this would be my first time watching this film with you guys and talking about it. Did you watch um, The Lost Boys as a kid? No, I did see Stand By Me and It as a kid. And I saw The Lost Boys when I was much older. Probably oh. much older, maybe like 13, 14. Okay. I was going to say is uh, I feel like The Lost Boys and like Hook and The Goonies all kind of give this... Uh, this sense of whimsy, I guess, like this, there's an adventure, it's a, your friends kind of thing. And uh, I was gonna say, whatever you, you felt about the Lost Boys, if you like that movie, I feel like you're probably going to really enjoy the Goonies as well. Yeah, the only things I've going by what I've known about the Goonies, which is little, you've got a pirate ship is in there somewhere. Uh, Chunk does the truffle shuffle and can deflect bullets <laughs> with his uh with his truffles, according to some random memes I've seen. That's and, not true. And um, what's the other big thing I remember was uh Chunk love Chunk or whatever, like some sloth little, love Chunk, sloth. sloth loves Chunk, and he's just like this big guy that looks like the Toxic Avenger or something. Sloth, <laughs> Chunk. chunk. Yeah, the I think they're it's called the Fertellis. Uh yep, are like the Fertellis are the bad guys. Yep. Uh I remember like that uh the the mom of the group just oh my god, like she was such an asshole. She was so mean to everybody. And I guess in real life she was like one of the sweetest people you could have known. Uh I watched something on her not too long ago and like I guess that was like something she was always typecasted as. But really nice person in real life but plays the biggest asshole in, like, movie history. Maybe not, like, Joffrey levels, like Game of Thrones, but she was scary. Junk. Thought love junk. You're, you're going to... I don't know if you're going to like it, Sean. I, I'm interested to see a perspective of someone who... Like, this movie is rated very highly with a lot of people, critics and audiences. So I'm interested to see someone who's never really seen it what they think yeah i i've got no expectations i know everyone i've ever met whenever i talk about the goonies my girlfriend loves the goonies she's excited to rewatch it with us um well she's not reaching out to it with youtube but she's rewatching re with me whatever rude Thank you for clarifying just in case <laughs> i didn't know yeah well, in case the audience come over i mean you guys can well, it's too late now just yeah. go hang out already the gym. Been said <laughs> yeah we're gonna watch this at the gym <laughs> on the treadmills but like uh, it is concerned with the greatest movies of the 80s i think it was uh Ray G randy j cruz did a tournament greatest 80s movies and this one beat back to the future in the finals if i remember correctly i don't doubt it both of those movies are both really yeah good. i guess i wouldn't care which one won but i might like back to the future more the only thing about know. Back to the Future I don't like is I feel like its sequels taint its... Uh, no, 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 no sequels. We're talking the first one, right? Like, that's I it. I can't not think about the others. No, when no, no, no. We're not movie. doing that. One only. <laughs> nah, the third one is not my favorite. <laughs> sure, maybe we'll do uh, his tournament to see what was the greatest 80s movies, because there's some good ones on that list. I will say when you go back, when you're when you go and watch this, I I remember as a kid, like, thinking that uh 
Chunk was like the most hilarious character <laughs> in TV. Like he was like a, uh, like obnoxiously overly clumsy and just broke everything. <laughs> like I got it, I got it, and then he breaks something. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of you as a, a younger child, Sean. I was gonna say it was like the me of our group. Uh, every group needs that fat clumsy friend. I admit I was that in our group. <laughs> nice things. <laughs> nice back. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, and like the, the beginning of this movie I, when they're uh, hanging out in the attic. I remember that being like super funny. So I don't know. I, I hope that it's still just as funny as I remember it being. I'm sure it is. It's been a few years since I've seen it. Joe I mean, was the last time we we tried to watch this, uh, just ended up not getting to it or something. I don't know. It's been a while, but I'm excited to watch it. Joe, when was the last time you've seen this film? five years ago maybe it's hard to say it uh many years ago we have a theater in our town and they would often do like these mystery movies where it would be a classic um but you basically don't know what it is going to be and then when you go to the movie and you pay you sit down and when the movie starts you're like oh it's that movie and it just happened to be goonies and i was i was like oh sweet and it was it was still held up, and I enjoyed it through and through. Funny enough, that was my wife's first time seeing the movie when we did that in theaters, so that was good, yeah. and, she, and she liked it. That's so crazy to me. I think our, our mutual buddy uh, also hasn't seen it, our friend Chris. Yeah. He, uh, oh. he hasn't seen it. I thought it was uh, he... Ed Bighead Gaming. Oh, I don't know if he's not seen it. I... It's, it was it's one still of our baffling friends. to me. It was somebody hasn't seen it before that we know, but it's still like kind of baffling to me that people around our age uh, haven't seen that movie before because it, it is like so iconic. It is like a, a it was a staple childhood movie for me. It, the movie did come out five years before any of us were born, and like, well, uh, it was years. four or five, depending on if you're eighty nine nine in that group, um, and. Even like some of my coworkers, especially the younger I go, like down to 25 and 22 years old, either they've never heard of it or just never seen it, period. So I, I want to say like we were right on that cusp of people that really appreciate it versus other groups, you know? Yeah. For sure. Joe, right. Do you remember having a favorite character from that movie? The Goonies? Yeah. Well, you said I, that movie, and I'm like, are you referring <laughs> to a different movie? Uh, in this movie, I really liked... Um, what's Rudy's... What? What is this? <laughs> what movie do you think I was talking? Well, that's why I'm asking, because you were just like, you are like, that movie, and I was like, what movie? <laughs> uh, well, the one we were mostly talking about, The Goonies. Well, I don't know. You might have been talking about Batman. It's true. But yeah, who's your favorite character in The Goonies? The Goonies. In, in The Goonies? Yeah. That one? That movie. Oh, okay. The Godzilla movie. No, no, no. I don't like those ones that much. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I like a lot of the characters. 
I'm trying to think if there's anyone I don't like. I don't like the Fertellis, but I think you're not supposed to like the Fertellis. They're kind of not good people. But at the same time, I don't hate them. They're like good. They're a good cast. Um, it's probably the main character, which oh, I can't uh, remember his name. Sam. Rudy, yeah, Sam. <laughs> Sean Astin's character? Sean Astin's character, yeah. But what is it really Sam? Like from uh, Lord of the Rings? Oh, yeah, you, I have no idea. Or you just say Sam. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, wow, is it really the same? No, I um, think it is Sam, but now I'm doubting myself. <laughs> uh, he's a good actor, and even as a young kid, it was really good. It's Mikey. A- Mikey, okay. I was going to say, if it was the same, I, uh, that's kind of weird. But all in all, like, plus I didn't like his portrayal in like Godzilla that much. Corey Feldman's character Mouth was my favorite character as a kid. As an adult, I'm I'm curious if that's gonna be the same. But Chunk was just so funny. I don't know. Chunk was really funny when I was a kid. It's yeah, a toss up between those two. Chunk is the only one who went on to pretty much do nothing after this film. Um, I think he's done a few acting and voice acting roles after the Goonies, but he's now just uh, a founder of a law firm, I think, in California. Uh, so He's, like, super in shape now. Oh, yeah, he's in great shape, too, which is, be a complete fat-shaming jerk about it. Like, you look at the cast now, you think Sean Astin was the one that was a uh, chunk. Wow. Wow, dude. On that note. Well, I hope Sean Astin doesn't listen to this. <laughs> There goes our number one uh, listener. Our number one fan. Our number one customer. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> All right. So uh, after I embarrass myself, let's go watch this. Let's do it. Bye, Sean. Bye, Sean. Forever. Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. More things happen in this movie than in six ordinary action films, says Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times. This way, this way! The Goonies is awesome adventure. Indy Jones, look out, says Pat Collins of the CBS Morning News. I want to report a murder! Just like that last prank about all those little creatures that multiply when you throw water on them. The Goonies, rated PG. Now playing at a theater near you. Hey, welcome back to the Real Deal podcast. We just finished up with the Goonies, and gotta say, it was uh, higher than I was expecting. My expectations were blown away. It was great. What was? I'm Joe. <laughs> yeah, I'm Jesse. That was Sean, and he said it was higher. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. So your expectations were blown away, huh? I was expecting it to be okay. Like, it's a very old movie, and I've seen movies before in the past where it's just like, oh, this movie's amazing, say. and I watch it, and it's just like, eh, it's okay. But, like, I watched this, and I was like, this is really good, actually. I'm surprised you've seen movies in the past. Only in the Only past. The you never see them in the future. And this is your first time watching this, correct? Yeah, this is my first time watching The Goonies. That's a, a slightly different than Jesse and I, who I think <laughs> this is probably one of our... Well, I know for sure this is in Jesse's top 10. Um, yeah, for sure. But like this is like the quintessential like kid adventure, good time. Like This is just such a good movie. 
Yeah, it really is. It really captures like the essence of my childhood, I think. Like it's a time capsule in the form of a movie. I I like that they don't play it down either, right? Because this movie could have easily been like downplayed and made the kids seem more like kids and not like real kids. Like they occasionally swear, right? They'll say like shit. Um, they I like how they they miss words. I like how they stutter or forget things or get distracted and. Like they're they're the way they interact, even the brothers. Everything about this movie just feels so real. Nothing feels faked. Cause they could have easily made this very one-dimensional characters, but I like how everyone is just like real people. It almost feels like they're not acting. I think that a lot of that has to do with uh I think the script was going through a lot of rewrites and I think the day that they showed up on set to actually start acting they still had like a new script that they had to go off of so it's kind of funny to see that they they did such a good job when it feels like it was probably just sprung on them mm. it right, does Sean? it definitely feels very natural and joey just mentioned how the brothers are um I'm going to make a small comparison to the movie Onward. Just recently came out last year on Disney Plus. And it's a good movie. But the big problem with Onward, and you see this with a lot of brother films, just this is the most recent one that came out that comes to mind, is that they always have this conflict of the brothers of not being able to get along because one of them's not happy with the other because either one's a geek or one's a bully or one's just so much younger and immature or something like that. And this one, there might be one small like fight just like a brotherly love kind of fight but outside that they're just there's such a charming pair this entire movie is just filled with charm and there's moments where it's just like well that seems ridiculous or elaborate by the same time you just go i'm enjoying it though mm -hmm. well it's like in the beginning right like i think it's best when they're introducing the characters i think is when they do the best brotherly like love because you'll see that they like he's an older brother and he mm -hmm. picks on his younger brother in, in like a in a joking way. He'll call him like a wimp or something, but they still like hug it out. So like there's a scene where he like the younger brother jumps on his chest when he's working out and he's like, and he's like, thanks, Brand. Uh, and that's older brother's name is Brand. Younger is Mikey. They're kind of like the main family that we follow. Mm -hmm. And Brand's like. I know, I get it. I'm going to miss it too. But then immediately after like that moment they connect, he like pushes him off and then like grabs him and throws him, which is something like, I think like a brother would do, right? Like I, I don't have any brothers, but I feel like, you know, if I had a younger brother, I'd be the same. Like, yeah, I, I like, I know it's going to suck. I'm like, there's nothing we can do about it. At least we have each other. And then I would throw him into the wall. Like, <laughs> It does seem like very genuine the way that they act. Like it seems very. Uh, I've seen brothers act like that all the time, so it it seemed really uh, realistic. And you always see him like jokingly, and I really want to use the phrase jokingly. Put him in a chokehold, and it's always seems almost like a hug chokehold. Not like he's literally trying to beat the crud out of his brother. There is no malintent between them at all. 
And, and you can say the same thing about all the friends. And I love how all these characters get introduced. It comes off beginning with a uh, prisoner faking his suicide and then escaping from prison. And the entire time, there's this great chase scene. It's just exciting. And you get introduced to each of these characters just dodging mayhem, barely. Like, you have uh, Corey Feldman's character, Mouth, uh, like, oh, in the water. It has, like, a squid on his face. Um, what? That's... No, he was uh, helping his... No, the the young girl... Uh, oh, my gosh. I don't remember her name. She's, like, the side character, one of the side Stephanie. characters. Stephanie. Yeah. She's, like, um, the best friend. Yeah. And she's the one who was, like, at the fish market. Uh, Corey Feldman's the one that was helping his dad with the plumbing. And... When his dad's like, hey, is it draining? And he accidentally turns the water on, it sprays in his face. It sprayed from, like, the bottom of the sink, because it was like, is it draining? And then suddenly just sprays from the actual... That's not how uh, plumbing works. It's, but that's the thing about this movie, right? Is everything is just kind of taken. Like, you, you watch this, and they don't play it for gags, like a laugh track. I like that, like, there's gags like this, where, yeah, that's not how it would work. But it's funny, and like it's funny. Slapstick. It's like slapstick, yeah. yeah. And it works. It just works in this movie because it's just played for like, well, that's just how it is in this universe. <laughs> well, like everything's like over the top, ridiculous. Like chunk everything. Like he's the clumsiest person you'd ever meet. Clumsiest and stupidest. So like his first introduction, there's a cop chase. He just runs over there, smacks his pizza on the window, destroys his milkshake on the window, sprays it on his face. He just goes, ah, shit. <laughs> like everything bad always happens to this kid. He's he's like the unfortunate comedy, like a comic relief. And he's the token like fat kid right like in that age like there's like that one person they always picked on in these movies which i don't think nowadays happens no which makes sense right like this is pretty demoralizing but not just fat kid i all these characters are very one-dimensional you could say like you have data he's kind of the data data however you want to say it he's your nerdy kid who's just creating inventions mouth he's your mouthy kid who's always throwing out one-liners Brand That's why I got that like, nickname. All right. Ah, uh, like their Mikey. names. You, Mikey. He's probably Health the most. Problems. He might be the most normal character in the bunch. He's always doing Mikey things. Yeah. Exactly. He's uh well he's got a stutter and he has uh, uh braces braces and health issues right like asthma. He kind of reminds me of the character from it to be honest. He does a little bit. I could see but, that. The whole point of the Goonies, though, is that's what they call their squad. They're outcasts. It's just like it, where those kids get together because they're the outcasts, right? Yeah. Yeah. The setup is very similar. They're all from uh, Goondocks. That's why they come up with the phrase Goonies, pretty much. So, like, the big thing going on is, like, uh, some sort of health club i want to say or golf club something like that wants to buy their house country club right they want to make a golf course yeah they want to buy their house destroy and put in a parking lot or something for their own property they're always better something than this conflict is (laughs) happening yeah that's kind of like what sparks the entire uh premise of the movie Mm -hmm. because like the entire movie 
is more just based on these five guys, uh, the four friends and the brother of Mikey, deciding, hey, this is our last chance. Tomorrow morning, dad's got to sign the paperwork, sign this house over. And, you know, let's just make this our last time being able to have as much fun as possible. If we find treasure, awesome. But Mikey, he's not as really focused on trying to find treasure as much as he just wants to have fun with his friends one last time. Which is appreciative. I do appreciate that he's not an asshole. Nobody's an asshole in this movie. Like, even the, the Fratellis are kind of assholes. They're kind of assholes. But they're they're assholes in a way that I think is also believable, right? Like, if you have, like, a real asshole, they're not going to be, like, super... Like, I can't imagine, right? Unless, they're, like, by nature, they're super abusive. But this is, like, an Italian family um, who... Like, I mean, they're family... And obviously they stick together because they even take care of like their their brother Sloth, who is yeah. uh, deformed. Uh, and they they still they still love him as a brother, and they're all together, even though they probably in, they probably like hate him. I'm assuming, right? Because they treat him poorly. But I I like that that is established so that when the kids eventually come in, they're not like immediately beat up or killed. Even though these are an Italian mob family, they're they're just kind of treated kind of bad, uh, but in a way that we find funny, like when they're interrogating Chunk later. Yeah, tell us everything. All right, I'll tell you everything. <laughs> and they sit there and listen. The and went. <laughs> he's like, and then the guy holds him. He's like, I like this kid. <laughs> And they just started vomiting on each other. I cheated on my math grade test. Yeah, the speaking of brothers, I we went from like uh what was it, Brand and Mikey's character, and then we have the Fratellis, Francis and Jake. Yep. They just beat out of each other throughout <laughs> like they're always talking shit to each other at the end of the movie. Like as it's coming to the, the climax, they're choking each other out on the boat. They don't care about the treasure anymore. Total opposites. Mm-hmm. And even as you kind of said about how they're not really assholes to the kids too, I mean, using an example to home alone where it's clear they want to kill the uh, McAllister's kid. I can't remember his first name. Kevin, Kevin. Kevin McAllister. Because uh, they even like pull a gun on him. They even try shooting him, but it just oozes out goo or whatever. Like they don't really seem to try and kill these kids too often. They're more like just trying to get them out of the way so they can get the money themselves, it seems like. Yeah, even when they uh, force them off the plank at the end, which is like the ultimate, like trying to kill them, I guess, they still take away all the gold and the jewels, which would have weighed them down. And they knock them off, but like the kids are just in the water, right? They just swim to the whatever. It's not like they were, uh, they swim to like the rocks, but it's not like they were ever like in danger. Yeah. I don't so, know. There's that squid in the water. Yep. Which I think, uh, is, I think as a kid, I've seen that scene cut a bunch of times. It's different every time I see it. So I, I think, like I, I think has, it like, has been changed. Versions. Yeah. So what I totally different. Well, here's the really funny part, and it's funny because uh, I forgot about the squid because when I saw this movie like five years ago, 
we saw in the theater up here. They were doing like a a mystery night where they play a random thing, and you go and you don't know what it is. So you get there, and it happened to be the Goonies. And I was like, oh, it's legit, and there was no squid scene or octopus scene at all. And I remember because afterwards, I think I talked to you about it and you were like, yeah, there's that scene with the squid. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Cause I forgot. So, you know, and it's interesting because like that scene has been cut uh, from, you know, like, like you said, it wasn't on the one that you saw. And I also remember another uh, scene with this octopus squid thing where at the end of the movie, after everything's said and done, uh, because uh, I don't know if the version you watched Sean has it or not, but they put like a, a cassette player in the squid's mouth. And instead of trying to kill them, it just starts dancing and it dances off. Did, did you see that in the version that you saw? I didn't see the squid in general. Where did you guys, where was the squid scene? So it's right before they get onto One-Eyed Willie's ship. There's an octopus in the water and it keeps touching um, what's Stephanie's leg and she keeps yeah, it in its mouth. And she's like, you need to stop doing that. And he's like, I'm not doing anything. And then the squid touches her leg again. And she's like, you need to stop. And then all of a sudden it pulls them down and it's trying to drown them all. And someone takes like a cassette player and shoves it in its mouth and it just starts dancing. But um, it's right before they get on the ship. And at the end of the movie, I swear, I haven't seen this ever again. I've only ever seen it once where at the everything was said and done. It's still there's a clip of the octopus still dancing somewhere to the music i'm not being able to see that version again so how did you guys watch this most recently uh youtube i also rented it on youtube okay so i watched it on hbo max so we had different sources might be explained why um it's like even in the end credits or like when their cops show up you hear a chunk go yeah there was an octopus and a pirate ship and i was like I don't remember an octopus. That's funny that they kept that that line in for the cut version. Yeah, honestly, I don't remember if the YouTube one had the octopus or not. I'm totally just going off of memory because I've seen it so many times. It might not even be in the YouTube version. Yeah, it's not. Oh, it's not. No, that's really that's really weird. Yeah, there's a bunch of weird uh, scenes that were cut from this movie. I think there's another uh, scene that is completely cut where they make a stop at some, uh, I guess you could say, corner store. They're getting snacks and stuff for their their trip that they're about to go on to go find the treasure. And uh, I think that scene entirely gets cut or it's cut down to a really short amount of time because they end up fighting. uh, What's that? What's that guy's name? The the jerk that's dating Andy at first. Troy? Troy. 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 Yeah, they yeah. have a run in with Troy and he like lights their map on fire and pretends to smoke it like a cigarette. Yeah, and what then... the hell's Troy's problem, actually? <laughs> I don't know. He's kind of a he's kind of a <laughs> like weirdo. he's worse than the Fratellis. Yeah, there are uh there are like seven minutes of deleted scenes. Like, there's a scene at one point, Brand's uh, on the kid's bike, trying to find the boys. That tricycle? Troy, yeah. Troy finds him and just chucks him off a cliff. Like, what the? He's dead. He just trying to murder that guy. Exactly.
But uh, apparently that that treasure map, uh, Sean Astin, he got to keep it. The one that they used in the movie. Oh, really? That's yeah. that's awesome. And there was uh, there's like two like other fun facts about it. Like they used real blood for the map when they covered it to make it look more authentic. And then his mom in real life uh, threw it away because she thought it was a piece of garbage. Just threw away a piece of history. That'd be such a cool thing to say that you have. Yeah, I have the real map that they used to find One-Eyed Willie's treasure. I'm surprised she'd thrown that away. She thought it was garbage. I mean, it makes sense. It looks like garbage. Damn it, Patty Duke. Um, yeah, there is a couple of deleted scenes. Yeah, I believe it. There's like a, a bunch of... Like, I only remember some of them like vividly, but... I think the scene where they're doing like the orchestra and the piano, like trying to figure out how to. That used to be much longer. I feel like it used to be longer too. And I feel like that got cut for time. Cause there, uh, I remember that scene being really intense and like a big, it was a big trap. It was a big portion, but in the version I watched, it was very quick. It only, only like broke twice and they're like, okay. And they got it right. Yeah. And I think there is more, uh, uh, involvement with the because as they were falling they used uh data's teeth hook thing to save them from falling all the way i think that right? was when he no, fell that... from the spikes yeah 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 whatever that scene was uh there is more involved with that like the whole going up and going down the fratellis found it and they're like yep. oh yeah i need we need to get down there and like uh, a lot of that was cut too okay so something i want to bring up uh, you guys both said that you've watched this movie as kids, right? Yes. I don't think this was a kids movie, man. I I disagree. I think he, this is a coming of age movie. Maybe not a child's movie, but I think this is a perfect thirteen year old up movie. Okay. This is this is at the cusp of like these kids are making, and even at the end of the movie, they even hint at that being what the purpose is, right? Because. Uh, Mikey and uh, the girl, I can't remember her name, Karen Green, actress. Um, Andy? Andy, yes. Uh, at the end of the movie, because in the movie they kiss, right? It's like dark, and she's trying, the whole movie, she's trying to kiss Brand, and she kisses Mikey. And they, it's a pretty funny scene with Stephanie because it's like a girl talk moment, and again, feels pretty real. But at the end of the movie, she finds out it was, you know, not Bran when she kisses Bran. So she, like, tells Mikey, like, hey, you're really, like, you're really cool. And she doesn't say boy. She changes it because it's just like when he stops with the inhaler. The whole point is this is about growing up, right? And I think that's what this purpose, uh, the perfect time to watch this is when you're growing up. Uh, and it's an adventure into adulthood. That and it was made in like the 80s. And that I too. think this movie was rated PG. And I know like the the rating system wasn't as like defined back then. They Indiana swear Jones. a lot in this movie for being, I, I'm not 100% certain. I'm pretty sure it's a PG rated film, but they swear a lot for it being PG. Yeah, back in the 80s, it was G and PG. That was it. I want to say it was 92. 291 they started introducing pg-13 and r ratings as well um but back in the 80s it was just those two 
Is anytime you guys say you watched it when you were kids, my first thought was like maybe you watched around seven or eight. And I'm at the scene where uh, all the kids are at Brand's and Mikey's house, just met up with him, knocked over the statue of David. And they spent a long time on the fact they broke off the penis of the statue of David. It's a pretty funny scene. It's a funny scene, but like as a seven year old, I was thinking that seems really weird. Okay, but 12, 13, that makes a little bit more well, sense. I so watched this a... when I was super young. I wasn't 12 or 13, but I, I never I watched. Like, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. I was just saying it never got old. Like, this wasn't like when I was a little kid, like, oh, what the hell is this? And then when I was 13, like, is... now this makes sense. It was just a funny movie for any age, I think, really. I do think maybe you do need a parent to make that call if they want to show this film to a kid or not. And it'd be a shame if they chose not to. I uh, I saw this on VHS when I was... I had already moved, so I had to be 10. And um, obviously the penis joke at that young age didn't really make that much sense to me. I thought it was more of like, oh no, they broke their mom's statue. Uh... And obviously, obviously, as we got older, it got funnier. And now I just laugh when they put it upside down. And Rand's like, it's upside down, dipshit. He's like, he's going to piss on his own face. We were all like, we pissed on our face. And Chunk's like, it looks fine to me. <laughs> and like the entire time that's going on, you've got uh, Mouth speaking Spanish pretty much perfectly, it seems like, but also trying to be a dick, I think. It, it seems unclear if he's purposely trying to mess with the new maid or whatever her position is. Oh, yeah, he is fucking with her. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if, like, maybe the Spanish was off and he just decided to go, that's the attic. That's where the sex dungeon is. <laughs> like, no, it was I a mean, sexual torture device. That was the phrase he used. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he wasn't being serious in that moment. Like, her- heroin goes in the top, cocaine in the middle, speed on the bottom. <laughs> if you mess any of this up we will lock you in here with cockroaches with no food and water for two weeks <laughs> adios mio or rosalina honestly if i was rosalina and that was my introduction to them i would have kept those jewels in the end <laughs> i mean oh yeah for sure I do like the little like um it it it's kind of like Pee Wee Herman ish or uh Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the intricate open the door system the that they trap, have to yeah. get chunked to get into the building. I think we have like three things that happen like that. The first time was when uh Chunk was trying to get through the gate and you're like, Ma, let me in. Uh. And it, it at, when I was watching, I'm like, all right, this is stupid. Why don't you just unlock the door normally? But at the same time, it's just so fun and charming that like I'm enjoying it. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I've never had this experience before. Sean, what did you think of the truffle shuffle? I honestly thought like, man, that that was a fat kid in '85. That's surprising. <laughs> it was like my first Why time when he like surprising? took out his shirt up and like started shaking. I'm like, there's like not that much fat compared to like. I was three times that size when I was his size. Yeah, but we never asked you to do the truffle shuffle. That's true. You never did. Because uh, we knew that was we knew that was mean. So. 
Right. They uh, were like really mean to Chunk, and he just always stuck around. He was the his guys. his personality was fat. That was his personality. <laughs> Body shaming, poor Chunk. Yeah. And like any, what was it? They just went to the. They thought this was a restaurant, but it was just shut down because this was where One-Eyed Willie's treasure may be following the map. Once the Vercellis get back, they're in the basement and Chunk's like, is that pizza? Chunk, shut the... I like how he smelt ice cream. Yeah. What the... He's about to walk out and he's able to smell <laughs> ice cream inside this freezer. I was like, dang, dude. That's some nose. You're really hungry. Well, that's hard not to be when that's your whole personality. Yeah. Oh, did you guys really have a favorite character among all these? Oh, um, I was. Go ahead. I. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll pass. Go ahead, Jesse. <laughs> when I was younger, Mouth was my favorite, but now that I'm older, they're all pretty much. You know, uh, you can't really have this movie without any of them. I like them all pretty much equally the same. As far as the Goonies go, Steph and Andy, they're kind of annoying. Steph's more annoying, but even then, she doesn't even suck. So really, like, I, I like the all of them pretty much equally. I think I'm in the same boat. When I was young, Mouth was my favorite. I think just because he was the wise one, like the wise cracker, funny one. But if I really had to choose now, it would probably be Brand or Mikey. Like Jesse said, they're all real. They're all really great. Some of them are too one-dimensional, like Chunk or Data, where they're just like the the token fat kid or the token Asian kid, right? Or even then, they're not like I like how they're not obnoxious about it. Like usually, like when they have these kind of characters, they're really hard that way, but they're not in this movie, and maybe that's why it's so refreshing. But I like I think Mikey or Brand maybe together. Just the brothers. I'll choose both. A good example of like uh, not being like overly annoying. Like compared, Data's character like uh, in this movie, the actor is also in uh, Indiana Jones, uh, and like that kid is like super annoying in that movie. Like you, like you don't even feel bad when he's brainwashed and beats the shit out of him at the end of the movie. Like yes, shut that kid up. <laughs> wow. So I was actually wrote, I'm so annoying. Go ahead, John. So I was actually going to say he is my favorite character in this one, Data. Data. He yes, is, sir. as you said, like the token uh, Asian character, pretty much filling in that 1980s stereotype. At the same time, like he's also obsessed with James Bond, which is just such a random added thing that I put in there. Like he likes being called 007. When he first comes to the house, he busts through the screen door to James Bond's music. It's like. That's kind of cool. It was a small thing to show that he loves James Bond without straight up saying, uh, I love James Bond and just sit there talking about James Bond movies. You know, show, not tell. Double O negative? Yeah. <laughs> it's double O zero. Or double seven. But, I mean, Jess, you said it right. There's not really a bad character in this. Um, I... 
Slothin might be the worst character among all of them, and he's not even terrible, to be honest. Right, like, whoever your least favorite character is, if you can think of one, they're probably not going to be all that bad anyways. Yeah. Troy? Oh, yeah, I mean, Troy. he sucks, but he's written to suck. Yeah. I do like when he, uh, there's, so, when they're Shut in the, man. when they're in the Fatalis, um, I guess Troy supposed to have a bigger role in the movie, by the way. Like, there's a subplot that Steven Spielberg has went public with that he uh, had this huge thing set up where uh, when they're in the basement and they go down the hidden thing and they're in, underneath all the pipes and Corey Feldman's character, Mouth, was like, oh, wait, these are, these are foundational pipes. If we bang on them, people will hear it and they'll come for us. They start banging on it, which creates a really funny series of events where water fountains are going up and down and pipes in the bathrooms are getting shot in and Troy's going to the bathroom and when he sits on the toilet it shoots him up to the ceiling but he when he falls I think it's funny that he goes goonies like he just knows it's them I thought he screamed daddy what's that I thought he screamed daddy Daddy. No, he seems he says goonies I think he says both. I think he says, uh, daddy, and then he goes, you goonies. Or no, wait. Oh, maybe. You know what? I think you're confusing a different scene. I think he does say daddy, and then when he says, you goonies, that's when um, he's in the he well. He the bucket down to Andy, and she gives him yeah. back his Yeah, I know he says, you goonies, then, but I'm pretty sure. I think he does say daddy when he gets splashed in the ass by some water. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find it. Because he's the reaction. son of the guy who's like trying to buy out their house yeah. and do yeah. a little, um, golf play. But my point is, uh, there is more to that character. Apparently, there's a big subplot he wanted where uh, Steven Spielberg said that the pipe thing would have broke the something in the, in the zoo and animals would have gotten out. And a gorilla would have attacked the car of Troy. Like, there's more to this character. More was supposed to be kept having bad things happen to this character because he was a bad character, right? It's like karma. And I, always, I thought that was funny. And I kind of wish there was a gorilla that attacked his car. You know, and I just looked at the runtime of this movie, too, and I can see why So there are so many variations of time for this movie because it's a long movie. It's an hour and 55 minutes long. And for the 80s, that's... In general, that's really long. I feel like that's more common nowadays, unfortunately, but it's a super long movie. It doesn't really feel long. Like, yeah, yeah there's been parts been pull it in, pull it out, because there's a lot of weird experiences that they deal with along the journey, but it never takes away from the journey if certain things are taken out or put back in, you know? Right. Like, you kind of mentioned the octopus thing. Uh, it was pulled from this. It was mentioned in the ending for some reason. But you didn't really need it to really finish the story other than when Chunk says, an octopus. You're like, what the hell are you talking about, man? What's he saying? Yeah. What did he say? The whole point of Chunk was also that he was like a compulsive liar. Like he would make really up stories. Yeah, because he called the cops once because he's over the Fratellis. And I guess he called the cops multiple times before. Oh, is this like that time you saw an alien? touchdown or how about that other time where he's like no this is really this is really happening 
Good cops. <laughs> the boy who cried wolf, I guess. Honestly, this movie, like everyone in this film, we were looking it up before we started watching it. Outside of really Chunk, who chose to go into law and really retire from acting, everyone in this movie went on to have an amazing career in one way or the other. Um, I think Data went more in the behind the scene aspects of filming. Uh, the rest of them kind of went more into more acting roles. Of course, Sean Astin went on to be Samwise Gamey in Lord of the Rings. And Gammy? a few other Gamey? Gamg. Gamg. Sorry. <laughs> Better me. Uh, Corey Feldman was kind of an icon actor at the time. He was a huge name back in the 80s because you had like the Rat Pack. Well, he was kind of like the kids' Rat Pack because he was always in uh, The Lost Boys and a few other movies with uh, Corey Haim. Like they were the two Corys that were in movies all the time together back then. Yeah, he was he was around a lot back then. I don't think he did as much later, but he's a voice actor now, isn't he? Oh. Probably. I know I don't see him in anything. He I was the original voice of Donatello way, way back in the day. He does have like a froggish voice. Could see him playing a turtle. They I mean they all pretty much did something. Uh Rosalita and the uh, Fertelli mom unfortunately have passed away. Apparently she was like a, a super well liked actress. A lot of people liked her. Had a really unfortunate like last decade of life, but I guess she was just typecasted as like that grumpy old, lady. old lady. Yeah, and she was like one of the sweetest people you could have ever met. It must have been fun though for her to be like. <laughs> I would think it'd be fun. People probably approach you all differently, too, thinking, oh, man, this person must really just be the worst. <laughs> oh, wow, she's really nice. She's like, would you like some hard candy? Even though she wasn't even that old. I think she was like 50s. <laughs> she definitely wasn't that old. <laughs> just smoked too many cigarettes. Yeah. I always used to think she was large Marge from that uh, oh. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. But I think that was just some other scary looking old lady. Yeah. Uh the Marge, only other Mars. The only other movie she was really famous for was um Throw Mama from the Train, where uh Billy Crystal and Danny DeVito <laughs> try and kill their mother so they get the insurance money. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I really like where they filmed most of this movie too. It's in uh most of it was in Oregon. Are you you a big fan of Oregon? I would. Yeah, yeah I, I like that. It's like, it looks like it's fall there all the time. Yeah, if there was one place, I told Nicole, my wife, this, that there's one place that we would ever move to if we left uh, our current residence, it would be Oregon. Seattle, Washington, whatever, like that area, the northwest coast. It's just, I like not sun, so like it's just shade and rain and mm-hmm. Pool weather all the time. It sounds like a dream. It's <laughs> like disc golf all year round. <laughs> I had a friend who lived out there and she had like a view of the ocean uh, or some sort of like sea or something. I can't remember if it was the ocean or like a large lake area. She was living in around Seattle area. And the other side, she could see the mountain range. Like it's 
there's no way you can turn left or right without a bad view or with a bad view, whatever. I think, uh, oh, I was going to say, I, I like when they, I think we kind of touched on this already, but like uh, at the beginning of this movie, uh, when when they go to take off on their adventure and they get on their bikes and they they wrap Brand around with his exercise equipment and he's like locked to the chair and his mom shows up and like the Rosalita shows up and they're both like ignoring his screams of help and they're like, I don't know why you keep doing this. You did this to yourself. This is your fault. And then by the time he finally gets out, he has to steal some girl's little tricycle thing. Just straight up steals it. And like that, that's that was so funny to watch this big buff dude on this world's smallest bike. I like how the little girl was just like, I want my bike. Just stomps on the ground, worst acting in the world. It's, it looked like bike. a real thing. Uh Troy attempted murder. Yeah. That was that was crazy. I actually did not remember that. Where he grabs Brand, who's on his tricycle, and drives up to like 45 miles per hour. Which basically breaks the tricycle, and then he lets him go off the side of a cliff. And I was like, you just killed a man. <laughs> you ever, uh, I feel like that would, that looks painful. They don't, I, it's not like I've ever done this a lot of times, but if you've ever been on a bike where like the pedals are spinning really fast. Yeah. And you only have like, like this guy is obviously like really like hunched on this thing. Cause he's really big compared to it. Like you'd be bashing your knees on the, <laughs> on the little, what what is that called? The handlebars. handlebars yeah. God, I feel like you could have ran and would have been more productive than trying to ride that little tri- tricycle. Or walked. How do you go up hills? Do you just walk <laughs> it and then go down it like you kind of just Wee. let it go? <laughs> um, I think that this movie is the, it's so good at... So, National Treasure... Uh, I'm trying to think of other movies that have like a big adventures, like even Indiana Jones... They all, they all have these adventures, right? Where you find treasure and you get clues and you keep going. Um, I think the Goonies does it so well. Hmm. Where, yeah, there's some plot holes and some things don't make sense, but it's all for fun. And it's not so far-fetched that something like this could happen. It kind of is in the sense that like the, the ship's always just been in like the rocks on the side of the coast, which... Kind of unbelievable, but it, I mean, like, if you if you could accept that, this movie is pretty great. One of the questions that I had was uh, when they get to the Fratelli's hideout, it's it's not their place. It's some I think it's like a restaurant in the middle of it's like a tourist attraction, probably somewhere where you'd stop to go see the because it's in the middle of nowhere and it's got a good view of the ocean. Mm. And I always wondered because like uh, they use that. Uh, restaurant to get to One-Eyed Willie's uh, treasure. So do you think the people who originally built this place knew that the only way to get to the treasure was to go through their restaurant? Is that how the other guy got there? Was yes. it by dumb luck? Like this was like a the like that'd be like the luckiest thing like oh it just so happens that there's this giant cave that leads to underground and eventually if you keep following it there's booby traps, takes you to a treasure. 
if they just randomly fell through a hole or something, sure. But like they had a very well designed vent area uh, just underneath the fireplace to go down there. So I feel like they might have put it there on purpose to be able to hunt downstairs below. That's my assumption. Like maybe there's a cool backstory where the people who used to own this this restaurant also knew how to get to the treasure or were descendants of one-eyed Willie. Yeah, we'll never know. know. Maybe in the Goonies too. Well, the people who owned it are the ones that are dead, aren't they? Like the dead yeah. bodies. Yeah, because they killed them. Uh, a uh, fun fact, and by fun fact I mean this is a real life, real deal fact. Um, the real, real deal. The real life fact. Uh, so I used to work at a hotel and inn, and underneath the hotel and inn, there were like these stone catacombs that were dark, janky, wet, and it was like the way you traversed across this place underground. So that like it was a very rich, richy, rit, ritzy place. So it was very high end and stuff. So when you know you're like the bus boy or you're transporting like food they don't want you see you going through the hotel so you travel through these dark dank corridors and in the movie when they're underneath the restaurant that's exactly what it looked like so <laughs> when i saw that i was like i paused the movie and i was like wait a minute are they on my look are they on set at my like old work I remember like that place, like there was rumors about that way, like fables about your work that was similar to this place about, you know, bootleggers underneath uh, the river to Canada, bringing alcohol over or being used as an underground railroad. Like that was talked about that place in the same kind of way. People talked about one eyed Willie in this movie. There, uh, I'll tell you being under those catacombs for a long time and going back and forth, there are no connections to Canada. Uh, it does go across the street to the other place. It's it's quite large, um, Would but you it say is a large Marge. Exactly, she sent you, and then uh, it's about as terrifying as it looked in the movie, though. Especially when you're by yourself, because I was a teenager, and when you're by yourself and you're like trying to, you know, transport a keg to the bar that came in the truck, and it's just in that corridor when they had flickering lights because the place was too cheap to replace the lights down there it, it's just like I was like oh man that brought back memories <laughs> too bad there might have been a secret a secret corridor that takes you to some treasure like I mean a, there could have been I've been to most of the places there kind of like a secret tunnel type thing through the mountain yes I like when they get to the Fratellis and they're like, oh, we want, we're just here for, for water. And it's like clearly like this brown, nasty water. And like, this doesn't look like water. And she's like, it's wet, isn't it? Drink it. Love how Mouth is just being a jerk the entire time. Just like, we want water. Actually, I want some Alfredo and give me some veal parmesan. <laughs> we I wonder if tongue. like that made her, uh, is he like, because he speaks Spanish pretty fluently. I wonder if he also like speaks Italian fluently. I and I wonder not. if that's what made her like, because at first she wasn't as combative with them, but then like as soon as they were speaking in Italian and then he started telling her all these Italian cuisines that he wanted and really it sounded like fluent Italian. I don't know. I'm not Italian, nor can I speak it. And I feel like that's when she was like in a hurry to get them out of there because their cover was blown, I think. 
maybe. That's one of the things uh, we kind of brought it up earlier about how them not being jerks. Anytime you would see this, especially in movies these days of kids accidentally going to a shutdown restaurant, their main assumption is they're onto us. We better kill these children fast. They kind of spoke Italian from the kids and they didn't seem to know what they were talking about other than Chunk, who saw the car with bullet holes in it. Just kind of assumed they were kids that were lost. It's like, yeah, we'll give you water. Now get the out of here. It kind of it felt real, you know. It felt more normal because I don't imagine if you'd see that in real life where kids accidentally go to a murder scene. The murder's just like awesome, more murdering. Let's do this, you know. Right, and thankfully, um, after Brand gets thrown off a cliff, it lands him right where these yeah. kids are, and that's when he. Uh, Man, there's a. I think this was another deleted scene too, because he does just kind of randomly show up, doesn't he? Yeah, he's in this one. He shows up randomly. He just finally is able to walk up finally from being chunked off the hill, and then the other two gals just kind of showed up randomly too out of nowhere, and they almost get hit by a dead fish. That would freak me out too. Yeah, like it was a fish shoved at the dull end of a rake. And just flew up and nearly hit them. Like, why is <laughs> their scream was like real? It'd be real for me too. But yeah, this movie was so much fun. It was so funny. Well, let's do this. I don't want to go through the whole movie because I think it's worth just like watching it. We talked about it for like 40 minutes so far, just enjoying like taking back some of the parts of it. And, uh, you know, just you mentioned a second, we were talking a little bit about it before we started recording Goonies 2. Um, there's been talks and consistently news about Goonies 2. Uh, if you Google it, you'll see uh, Chunk and Corey Feldman mouth are potentially connected with it. Um mm-hmm. Do you want to see a Goonies 2? And if they did a Goonies 2, when would have been the best time? I uh, I don't need a Goonies 2, to be honest. I think it'd be really cool to see these actors back together and doing something. But I don't know. It'd be... I'd be, like, afraid that it might somehow tarnish the the name of the of the film. You know, like, a really good first movie but then it'll like what if it sucks and then it's always going to have that attached to it like oh man that movie was really good but don't watch that second one i'd be afraid it might ruin it somehow like the incredibles 2 still haven't seen it because i really like the first one a lot and i don't want to the second one might ruin that for me and i hear that it does what if it's the same way the ghostbusters one's going to be like they're saying that the new Ghostbusters that's coming out is going to be like kids, right? And it's supposed to spark a new generation. What if the Goonies that comes out is, yes, it has these actors, but it's about new kids, right? Like these, the actors that are in there are just the parents. And now it's kids again, trying to find something else. Uh, would you see it then? If it was loosely just like uh, it was if it was more like Goonies is kind of like the group of kids, not so much about the actors that were in it previously. 
because the entire story arc regarding one one-eyed Willie's treasure was based off of a family heirloom, if I'm correct, with uh Brandon Mikey. So like maybe Mikey's kids goes on to find something else in there, and they decide to go on a journey. I think it was like uh, just random stuff that their dad had in their attic because he was like, uh, I think he was in a museum, works for a museum. He just has all these old artifacts laying around because that's just part of his job, I think. I mean, it would be kind of cool to see like, oh, yeah, you know, I inherited all my dad's stuff and I keep it out in this shed or I keep it in the attic, too, if you ever want to go looking at it. And then if they find their own treasure to find, maybe that'd be cool. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I definitely don't want to see like 50 year old Sean Astin trying to go on an adventure. I feel like Maybe. that might be too much of a cash grab at that point. I don't know. If I they... just feel like it would be a cash grab. If they were to make a Goonies 2, it's it's for the sole purpose of making money. And I, I don't really like sequels that don't need sequels. Like Toy Story 1, really good movie. Toy Stories 2, 3, and four i'm sure all good movies too but they didn't need to exist there was no like oh man what's going to happen next it's just there's no point to it i disagree i think when he, especially when it comes to toy story i think that the sequel the second one came out at an appropriate time uh i like the sequel a lot because they focus more on woody and less like on buzz and the third one rounded out the toys like adventure with andy and i think that like not getting too off track, but I think like I get what you're saying. I hate sequels that exist for no reason. Uh, Die Hard, Shrek, things that go Mission Mission Impossible is pretty good, but like they go on forever, right? Disney's really guilty of this with Monsters Inc. and all these movies that come and out everything. everything, right? That come out years later. Heck, there's a new uh, there's a new Monsters Inc. coming out and Toy Story. Four, right? Like, sure, I'll, I'll I'll get on the boat on that one, but uh, I agree. Sequels for no reason for money. It's like, come on, I'm I'm really tired. Like, there's no cliffhanger at the end of this movie. So, like, if they're it's like, oh man, we need to make this movie uh, thirty years later because I don't know. I bet we'd make money. That'd be cool. I see the story. If you want to keep everything in there without making stuff up going after one-eyed willie's treasure again it's been out the sea for who knows how long just kind of uh escaped a rock formation after they left and the dynamite blew up the cave pretty much see where the boat's at now maybe a different crew altogether, but they just call it the goonies again kind of uh like joe mentioned a new ghostbusters and then I think the new Ghostbusters is like loosely based off of the 80s Ghostbusters. Um, like maybe the same universe, but that might be about it. So like maybe the new Goonies could be based on the same universe, same treasure, completely new cast, just to get a new experience for a new audience. If it's a reboot, I guess that's okay. But if it's not a reboot, for me, I just wouldn't be all about it. I'd still watch it. I'd probably still be good. If it captures like that, that feeling that this movie created for me when I was younger, I it might be hard to because that's when I was younger and now I'm old and pissed off all the time. I don't think the comedy would hold up as well. Like looking at the, I mentioned the uh, the dick joke earlier with David, statue of David. 
it's one bit of it, but there's so much comedy and so much language in this movie that would never get away with today, no doubt. It would have to be like uh like Netflix's Stranger Thing does a really good job with Ooh. how they write those younger kids. If it can be done, Stranger Things does, you know, uh create that eighties feel. I don't know if that would be like the premise or if it's gonna take place in two thousand twenty one and now all these guys are old and they have kids. If that's the premise of the new one, I don't know. I don't know what uh, feeling it would try and go for. Yes. I'm just, honestly, when I finished the movie though last night, I told my fiance, who she even admitted that she did not remember some of these jokes. She just remembered like the journey more than anything, which you guys even said that as well. The order you got a lot of these adult humor things hit you a lot harder. Um, but like, I'm upset. I never saw this movie when I was younger. It's, it's a phenomenal movie all around. The cast is fantastic. The script is really good. The editing might be weird, but we discussed why that might be weird just because of some scenes are pulled out or put back in. It's just, there's no real 100% version of this movie that exists that us three know of offhand. Not a consistent one. I've seen too many different versions of it. I, there might only be two, but as like a as a kid, my memories of uh, memories yeah, of it. Your, your like kid's bunch. Your kid memory is not a liar. Like the the versions that exist did exist, and they're part of other movie at when they were on the movie or on VHS. They just keep playing different versions. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Let's, uh... <laughs> Did you guys have, like, a favorite scene in this movie? That's, that's what I was going to go into, but I kind of lost my words. Um, I'll start, well, right? I'll start. Yeah. So, go for uh, it. Do it. Start, I think, Joe. Say I'll it. start. So okay. yeah. Uh listen, I'll start. Who's gonna start this? Uh Sean, why don't you start? All right, yeah. Yeah, Joe, you start actually. Yeah. You know what? I think I'll start. I'm going okay. to bed. <laughs> uh <laughs> I think my favorite the whole movie is fantastic, but I think my favorite scene was probably when the Fertellis are inner uh uh interrogating chunk it's just really funny because like they keep cutting away to the kids like underneath the ground and their adventure like in the water or the pipes or something i can't remember the, where exactly where they're at but they keep cutting back multiple times to like the fratelli's inter- interrogating chunk who's just like telling them secrets and they're just sitting there, like, listening to him. Not shutting him up, but just listening. <laughs> and it's just, like, he's just going on and on and on. Uh, different embarrassing stories. And they're just like, come on, get over it. Like, come on, get to it. <laughs> it's just, like, <laughs> the fact that they sat there and listened to it the whole time is just funny to me. Hours listening to shit that they don't care about. And every time they cut, it's him saying something funny. Chunk is hilarious in this movie. Yeah. I, I was expecting myself to hate Chunk, but I was surprised how much he did make me laugh. He's so clumsy. It's just, I got it! I got it! And then it drops and just breaks everywhere. And he's like, oh, I don't got it. 
He does Sean, that throughout the entire movie. Sean, why don't you start? So yeah, I came to this start. movie expecting childish comedy. Uh, we got a lot of slapstick, which I did not expect and enjoyed, to make that clear. Um, what I did not expect was just how wholesome so much of the movie was. And a lot of it was carried through by Mikey. A lot of it was carried through by Sean Astin in general. This was his first major role. He might have done some commercial acting or maybe some stage acting. I didn't really see anything beyond uh, 1985 and the Goonies. Um, but the scene where they finally get down the ship, they find all the pirates, skeletons, just dead. And he talks to One-Eyed Willie and talks about his treasure, talks about their journey. And it's such a wholesome scene. The kids get down there. They see the entire thing of uh, Sean Astin talking to him. And it's definitely a realization, a coming-of-age kind of conversation where he thinks he's only talking to himself and this dead body, but everyone heard him. And even when all the kids start picking up gold and money, uh, data, data, however you like saying that word, tries stealing some of the ones on the scale, and he immediately goes, no. That's One-Eyed Willie's treasure. Let him keep that. It's just like, God, Mikey is a great character in this one. Uh, he's not as memorably fun, but he's definitely, he's the heart and soul of this movie, easily. Mm-hmm. He's a kid you want to be when you were a kid. <laughs> it's just Being like what I wanted my childhood to be, is just going on adventures and looking for treasure. Why about uh, you, Just You got a favorite scene that comes to mind? All right, let me start. It all started long ago. Honestly, I can't really pick a scene that's like my favorite. They're all just really good. It's like I said, I really like all the scenes with Chunk in them because they're always absurd and over the top and stupid. I think one of the more memorable scenes is that piano one for sure. Uh, the skeleton piano. Where they have to get the keys right to move forward. It's it's just really hard. All the cool booby traps in this movie when they're going down that water slide. And I think when they do get on the treasure chest and there's that confrontation at the end is really good. When the Fratellis show up and they walk the plank. I don't have a least favorite. I guess when it ends because it's one of those experiences that you wish never did. It's funny. Usually when we make jokes about that, just like, you know what my favorite movie part of this movie is? It's when it's over. I I, I know what you're saying with this one, but that usually means a negative connotation. But this one, just like, ah, that was a great journey. So satisfying. Yeah. Joe, would you recommend this movie to anyone? I would recommend this movie to everyone. I don't think that there is an, a group of people that would not like this movie. I think it has suspense it has a jury has adventure it's funny and it's an all-around great time i recommend it for everyone it's a must yeah and sean's proof that if you've never even seen it before it's not something that you can only experience when you're young this is something that if it's new to you you can enjoy it at pretty much any point in your life yeah, they've got so much adult comedy in the movie they've got so much adult elements that you kind of connect with and you get the feeling of reminiscing throughout this film too just like 
yeah, I remember when I was 9, 10, 11, 12, whatever age these guys are, they're in that preteen, slowly growing up phase. And they're just so, they're so likable. You wish you had friends like this, or it reminds you that you do have friends like this, depending on, you know, how you're growing up situation and whatever. And God, I, I wish I went on journeys like this when I was 11, 10 years old. I think I go into friends' backyards now that I'm in my 30s, wishing that sometimes in the middle of the night. And that's about it. Uh, thinking that there's monsters out there killing us while we just got a flashlight and maybe a stick. Good All time. right, guys, get your smart lights or get your uh, <laughs> flashlights on your smartphones and let's go monster hunting. Pretty much. And see like a foot in front of us. Like we do that now in our thirties, and I wish I did that more when I was, you know, uh, <laughs> ten. When you were young and spry, right? Um, it is a phenomenal movie. Everyone should. I'm not going to say everyone. I'm still not sure if I would let a kid watch it. That's like seven or eight, but you know, parental discretion. Let them decide on that part. Other than that, absolutely amazing. One of the is the best movie we've watched so far, in my opinion. Oh, wow. That's saying a lot, I think. And we've watched a lot of great movies, a lot of stinkers. But yeah, this is top dog. It even beats out the Flintstones. Uh, you know, Fred's just too much of a jerk. He is. He's just a not likable. Yeah, this movie's amazing. Definitely needs to be watched by almost everyone, I think. It's like, uh, it's like Jingle All the Way. It's just a good movie. It's a hell of a comparison. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh I do I guess I do like both of those movies, but not you know, one nearly as much as the other, I think. It's kinda like Batman eighty nine. It's just a good movie. Yeah. Just no, like this Titanic. Is a, I think I agree with Sean where I think this may be the best movie we watched yet. It's for sure in like probably the top five favorite films of all time. I can watch wow. this movie at any time. In my, like, I can't overwatch this. I could put this on and just listen to it as background noise or as a focus, just sitting down and watching it. I love this movie. If I'm ever feeling down like or anything, this is like one of my go-tos. You know what I'm surprised we never really talked about was Sloth. Sloth is kind of like, how would you say, he's kind of the mascot of this film. Like him and Chunk is probably the mascots of this film, and especially their relationship is almost as cute and brotherly as uh, the other two. And you know what? He's not in this movie that much. I was actually a little bit surprised by that. Sloth, love, Chunk. Uh, <laughs> we do say that actually quite a bit. Yeah, it's like a just a meme at this point. Yeah, a random line you'll pull out. Sloth, love, Chunk. <laughs> that was probably the only thing that surprised me about this film nothing negative i can say they did more sloth it i didn't know they needed more sloth that was a perfect amount of sloth i just expected more sloth is what i was kind of no. saying just because okay he is when you think of this movie and especially if you've never seen it you think of sloth more than anything which god damn the animatronics they did for a sloth was Sometimes amazing, sometimes weird. <laughs> yeah, they did a pretty good job with, with that. Well, the prosthetics, right? The only animatronics were the eye, one eye and the ears, right? 
Yeah. I don't even know if the ears were. I think then, unless uh, they probably well, they, 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 they did this a lot. Yeah, they're like wings or something sometimes. I thought they were just kind of floating in the not floating, but <laughs> blowing in the wind. They're just flowing in the wind. <laughs> they're just floating. They just detach and start floating around. <laughs> well, I think this is uh, one of the rare occasions where we all give it our real deal stamp of approval. Think so. This is one that's definitely worth checking out. And thanks again for listening to the Real Deal podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Joe. And I'm Sean. And you can follow us at Twitter or Instagram at the Real Deal underscore one eight five. And feel free to leave us any comments or suggestions at our email at the Real Deal one eight five at gmail.com.